this week on Grip and Grin. The time has come where we can finally knock up, sit back, and let the arrow fly. Here in Maine, the expanded season is underway. We magnify the importance of archery biomechanics and the procedures needed to become a better archer. We also take the time to report out our observations from the saddle, along with a couple unexpected hurdles. The expanded season will only better prepare us for what's to come. Welcome to another episode of Grip and Grin. It has been quite some time since we have uh, recorded. It, it seems very foreign here. Yeah, so. it does. I mean, been busy. Can't really help it. So no, it is. What I mean, it is. we've been <laughs> we've both been very busy, not just with uh, you know, the real world and life in general, but outdoors as well. Yeah, I mean, more so you than I. I've been working a lot, so and a lot of other extracurriculars to take care of. But gotta make that paper. Exactly. But as always, check out the Instagram, Grip and Grin Pod. You know, a lot of good content up there. Should be getting more good stuff as the season gets closer and closer and is here in some states. So always check that out and like, share, subscribe, as always. Yeah, I was I was sitting in the tree stand today going through the pictures on the Instagram and I'm like, man. So much has happened in less than a year. It's like, this is crazy. I know, but isn't it crazy to think about that we've been doing this for almost a year? <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Almost it's 10 months crazy. in, but Ugh. pretty easy to do it. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about um, our bow setups, pretty much, our shooting procedures, yep. dive into a little bit of our early season action as Expanded Archery has already opened up in Maine, and... Yeah. Kind of just a mixed bag at the end, talking about what we've been dealing with, um, adversity, maybe a little fishing, just kind of yeah, little just, everything. <laughs> yeah, little bits here and there. But we've titled this uh, this episode "The Last Minute Tune Up." Uh, but uh, let's go over, you know, what's in the bag and uh, what we're equipped with uh, with the archery season going into it. So, so you got a nicer, go you got quite a cool bow that. Even though it's like a little older, it's definitely like first is my bow is like almost new technology. Yes. So <laughs> let's let's all right. Let's get into it. The uh, my setup is the Matthews Helium, which I I bought that back in 2012, I think it was. So it's it's almost 10 years old. It's almost a decade old, and it's keeping up with most of the the newer technology. You know, the the let off is a little eh, it's a little rough. But, uh, you know, the draw is smooth. I'm only pulling 58 pounds on it. Um, my sights that I go through, I, I, I have a two-pin sight. One's a floating pin, one's a fixed pin, um, and I really like that. And uh, I have a little a little light on the uh, green pin, which illuminates for those early morning or late evening sits uh, right before the legal times. Um, and then uh, my arrow rest is a drop-away, which... I know you run the biscuit, not to spoiler alert, but I, I love the drop away, man. It is just so smooth. It stays right there. I love it. There's there's a downfall to it, but I won't get into that nitty gritty right now. Stabilizer. Uh, it's pretty short. I don't have a long stabilizer, um, but what's great about the Matthews design is that it's got a lot of sound dampening um, instruments that uh, you know dampen a lot of that sound, which is awesome. The, uh, the Easton Bloodlines are what I'm shooting for arrows. I got those, I think, uh, last year, yeah, two years I think ago. So, yeah. Um, nice carbon fiber arrow. Um, you know, of course, I've snapped a lot of arrows with, you know, penetrating deer and running off. But uh, I think next year I'll be due for some, for some new arrows. And uh, you know me. I love my Rage broadheads, the mechanical broadheads. It's, it is just You use the two blades, correct? Not the three blades. Blade. Yep, um, it has a collar system on it where um, on impact it releases. And, you know, some people frown upon it. They like the fixed uh, blades, but 
I mean, the blood trail, you just, I mean, there is nothing like yep. that blood trail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, it just makes a waterfall effect <laughs> through the woods. Paint and splatter. It's like, well, sh- <laughs> oh, it's, it's absolutely insane. Yep. It's just crazy. So I'm rocking the PSE Stinger 3G, also a pretty damn old bow. I got it when I was 13, maybe. I think, yeah, I think I was 13. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. But, you know, I didn't really use it for a few years, but I grew into it more so. And then, obviously, it's been my go-to. It's a little heavier than yours, but I like it. It also shoots great, you know. But I have three fixed pins, 20, 30, 40. Um, I have a whisker biscuit, like you said. And to be honest, I'm not a gear nut when it comes to my bow. You know, a lot of people really like to dive into that, but be honest i don't really know jack <laughs> yeah about it <laughs> you know i brought it down to worcester archery and you know got that my bow all um recabled all tuned up ready to go and you know it, it's it's ready it's ready for uh, action so and the guy complimented you on your bow he said it was like yeah yeah i mean probably the best pse he's ever seen really yeah so I was referred to him by, I think, like, another, like, sporting goods store. And, you know, a little bit out of the way to get to him. But he was really nice. And uh, he said it shoots really well because I was, like, saying, you know, I soon want a new bow. But he's like, yours is shooting great, like, excellent. You know, I've taken good care of it. You know, I always put it in a case, never throw it around and just shove it in the closet. So he was pretty impressed, impressed by the condition of it, even though it's, like, pretty decently old uh i got arrows when i was there i got uh easton 6.5 bullies i don't really know my arrows too well but it's pretty much the same as my old arrows <laughs> i had it's my beamons yep. i used to rock and uh were those the ones that you posted on the instagram yes it is actually so nice. You can, nice little plug right there and then you're welcome i also rocked the two blade rage mechanical broadheads I used to, I first year I used the Schwackers and they worked just as fine, two blades. Yeah. But I just went with the the chisel tip and it does yeah, damn chisel, good. <laughs> chisel tip's a good one. I'll, I'll admit. Is it the two inch one or are you using the one point seven five cut? I'm using just the two inch one. Don't they have yeah, one that's baby. like? Don't they have one that's a little bigger? It's like two point two five. Yeah, something like it's that. Like two and a quarter. Yeah. And I used it one year. It's it's the gold. Um, but holy shit. I mean, that is just, it basically cuts your deer in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's insane. But. So one of the things I talked about earlier in the year was being interested in fixed broadheads versus mechanical. And we're You just, did quite a bit of research into this, too. Yes, I did. So, you know, I wanted to look into, like, what would be best for my scenario. And right. given that I'm hunting deer, which are considered, like, soft-bodied, compared to like a moose or an elk or a bear there's Mm -hmm. no like there's not a lot of concern for penetration versus those animals where you want to be able to like really get your arrow in there and you brought it in there so that's one advantage is that your kinetic energy is going to be slightly different with that versus a mechanical broadhead but another like simple eye test is there's less moving parts you know mechanicals are going to be there you just put them on align them with your fletchings and then shoot right 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 but with the mechanical you know you have that little plastic collar sometimes or maybe it's rubber or whatever and you can have issues with that but um i don't use the fixed broadheads because i i shoot a low weight barely 55 pounds and that's just what's recommended for my rages so i didn't want to change anything up i you know i don't want to increase my cutting length so if i want a three blade mechanical broadhead there's more cutting surface which therefore means you need more kinetic energy which means you need to pull more so right and so like in the difference of like my crossbow they have like what's called hypodermic or whatever yeah now. hypodermic yeah yeah where it where it's 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 still a mechanical broadhead but they're designed so that they can withstand like anywhere between 450 to 500 feet per second I mean that's yeah fucking that is insane. A, that's flying. <laughs> but um, so yeah, the the fixed 
I myself, I, I've never shot fixed, so I really can't speak to it. I can't really have an opinion. <laughs> on both it. of us can't. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I want to try. I, like, I do. I do want to try. Yeah, but it's yeah, just I, like I don't pull enough weight, so it's like, uh, yeah. Oh, I just, I like, I like the two blade. And sometimes, I just love it. like, you know, run with if you throw a fastball, throw it. Like, just go with what you rock, kind of thing. But right. Go with what you're comfortable with, you know? Because we've both had a lot of experience with our Rage Broadheads, you know, the two blades. And, yes, yep. like, the, the fix is going to have, like, less moving parts. You know, you can have more penetration. And then mecha- mechanicals can fly better, typically. But what we've seen is the mechanicals that we use fly like a bullet, smack like a cannon. <laughs> yeah. And put deer down within 100 yards normally when we place a well a well placed shot no more than what 60 75 yards at most yeah. you know yep. if we let them sit and whatever do the correct thing right and um you know you can go back and listen to my 2020 white tail recap where i got my double kill both with the rage chisel tips so a little plug right there as and well. <laughs> your track i mean one one of those deer you do not have to track yeah so saw it die. literally <laughs> maybe 20 yards done and then the other one was just a massacre like absolutely well that was a that was a double long shot in the second one right yeah so the well the first one that ran farther was double long yep and the the second one i shot was a heart shot jeez i only ever heart shot and so that was pretty impressive even though i like eating the heart so it was a little bit bittersweet yeah but with archery that's the great thing is it, you essentially just have a knife going through the deer. Yes, it's not but it did. Any it meat. did when it moved. You know, like the arrow, oh. like kind of like smushed it around. So, I so it wasn't it. a pass through. It was like the whole arrow was out the other side, but the middle, the the fletching part of it was still in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like three quarter of it went through. Yep. Neither of them were pass throughs, but yeah, that kind of wrecked. <laughs> the heart pretty dude quick. i've i've drilled a deer with those chisels that you were talking about i've drilled a deer square in the shoulder like my placement wasn't great i was like ah i this was on uh i think it was the recap yeah yeah might have been the recap and uh had seven inches of penetration through the goddamn shoulder like through the shoulder everything i was like damn and it still killed that deer yeah still hit along i was like wow yeah but uh, definitely, our rec- uh, we'll put our uh, stamp of approval on the the chisel tips, the rage broadheads as a whole. Two blades. We'll not speak for the th- three blade, but two blades do work pretty well. Yeah, I mean, there was another deer that I shot that the only shot I had was the neck essentially because I was holding it back for a minute, minute and a half. So I just put that pin right across his throat and release the arrow and that rage tip dude just i mean you saw the devastation basically took a knife across its throat and i mean that doe ran oh gosh 100 yards downhill Mm -hmm. and there she lay and i was like wow yep that was just i mean it's a shit luck shot let's be real but uh it it did the job and i was like wow that just it was a confidence boost obviously but also it was just trust in the equipment mm-hmm. you know you know that what what it what it's capable of doing and you're like yeah okay but to build off that you know you trust your equipment but you also perfect your craft by practicing Ooh, nice Correct? good pull yes yes absolutely for sure so um as we always should and is on the instagram we should be shooting i should be shooting a lot more i'll be completely honest about it but given the circumstances I hope to be shooting more in the next couple of weeks, but dude, I have maybe thrown a hundred arrows since the season has started. If that, yeah, if that, so we're definitely lacking in that department. So hopefully this will not come back to bite us, but I know, right. I just, you know, got a, a shooting membership for an, uh, an archery, uh, range. So I should be going after work multiple days a week. Yeah, that'll up, be good. Getting up as many shots as possible. I think I'm going to yep. ask them if I can use uh, my saddle and shoot from the saddle too because they're definitely yep. laid back and cool like that. So 
but why don't you run us through some of the biomechanics and proper forms that you should keep in mind when you're shooting? Yeah, when you're shooting, I mean, you just want muscle memory. Uh, biomechanics is essential for um, a successful shot because when you're a tree stand, you want to make sure that you're actually like going through the motions because in the moment, uh, your body will just take over. It will just, you know, uh, instinctively just do its thing. So if you practice that while you're while you're shooting your arrows, um, you know, it's going to just take over uh, in those high-stake situations. So, you know, you want to make sure that you're using all your muscles. You know, I was shooting with, with Streeter the other day, and he was really, like, using his arms to pull back, and I'm like, yo, like, you need to incorporate your back muscles there too. Really flex your back muscles, um, and you know, use your entire upper body. Don't just don't just depend on your your arms to pull back. Um, so you know, flexing those back muscles at full draw, just making sure that uh, you know you're you're balanced. Um, don't sky your bow. What did I mean by that? So do you remember what I meant by that? Yes, I do. So if you are pulling too much weight. One of the things mm, people do uh, is they point their bow at the sky and then they're trying to, you know, rip it back and then get to their anchor, which yep. obviously is a great indicator that you're pulling way too much weight. And I I said earlier, I don't pull a lot of weight, not because I can't. I can definitely pull a lot more weight. You know, I've been, I'm pretty right. fit. I can pull back as much as I really wanted, honestly, and I would like train myself to, but I don't because I don't really need to. So there's no shame in shooting in the 50s at all what uh what's the max draw um draw weight for your bow uh is it 60 i thought it was 70 but is it really i think i have pretty long axle axle if i remember i'm not sure though don't hold me to it mine mine goes uh 60 to 29 so 60 is the max and i i can't hit 60 because just when i crank it out it doesn't it doesn't get there but Hmm. um yeah but uh Another thing that you want to make sure that when you're uh, practicing your um, your shooting is your trigger pull, and <laughs> this is something that you and I did when we first started like getting into hunting together, and that was one of the things I noticed is trigger pull. Um, you know, you don't want to be, you want that arrow to kind of almost surprise you uh, as you're releasing it. So, um, you and I both use a wrist strap release, um, which. Some people have the Velcro ones. Ugh. I don't really, I don't care for the Velcro. I like the the belt strap um, where it's locked in and it's not going to slide or come undone. Um, I'll be the. I, I use I, the I Velcro one and um, don't have an issue. Do you still have it? I I still have my Velcro one. I still haven't. Get, the one I have is like a hair trigger. Mm, so mm-hmm, I haven't mm-hmm. gotten used to the one you've given me because it's like a more of a squeeze. Mine's if yeah. I breathe on it, it goes off. <laughs> if I if I'm not paying full attention, it's low key dangerous. But that's just how it is. Like I'm have it at the most like the stiffest setting, and it still just think goes off. So do you use when you when you're pulling your trigger? Are you using the the fingertip? Or are you using like the interior of your knuckle? So I use what I do. What I was taught is I squeeze my whole hand. Yes. And. Yep. I kind of point my thumb down, so I should try a thumb release sometime, but, you know, someday. But I squeeze yeah. my whole hand, so it's, like, kind of right in the middle of my fingers, pretty much. I, yeah. Like, you know, middle of the finger, pretty much. I can't really explain it. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you're in the you're in the knuckle, essentially. So, yeah, okay. So, like, mid-knuckle, yeah. Because I do the same thing. I don't use my whole hand. I don't close my whole hand. I just use, I literally make a fist and then put my, out my pointer finger and just squeeze my if i put my, only uh, my finger, finger out i notice i punch it i want to like do it if i do a whole hand it makes oh. me do it slower so okay. that's a little tip for you all y'all out there you know good little technique yeah because you know sometimes Maybe i would s- i would just be anxious and if i do my whole hand it takes like a lot more like thinking like all right i just gotta squeeze now don't get me wrong there are at times where like i mean we all do it you're like i know i'm not supposed to do this but i have to like you know, I, my arms are getting tired or, you know, I've been holding this position too long. Like, you just have to throw the arrow. We've been there. Uh, sometimes, in in my experience, it works. Other times it does not. And you regret those decisions. But you learn from that. So <laughs> Most of the time. 
<laughs> had to be 33 yards. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if you practice this constantly, when you're in the moment, things will just take over. And, um, you know, on average, when I, pr- when I practice, like, religiously, I'm shooting maybe anywhere between 30 to 40 arrows a day is usually what See, I throw. You know, one of the things I was told is don't count your shots. Make your shots mm. count. So you don't right. need to throw 100 arrows to be good. If you throw a volley and it's, like, on point, then good. I usually try to go until my muscles are tired so that I can get yep. that one last rep in, pretty much like if I, if I was lifting, you know, and then yep. build a little muscle memory, build a little muscle, and then, you know, try to execute the shots. Which is a great transition to our next uh, our next series of uh, procedures. So, uh, <laughs> struggling a little bit there. It's been a dude, long time. I had to scroll back up. I'm like, what the hell? Where are we at? Um, <laughs> uh, target movements and cadences. So, um, you know, not all the time is a deer going to be like standing there grazing. Maybe broadside. like an ag field, <laughs> right? Broadside. Like, there's different shots that you should be practicing. Um, typically what I do is, uh, I, I have a stationary target. It's just sitting there. And typically what I do is, (laughs) excuse me, I'll have a bow and fat full draw and I'll track, I'll almost pan about, I don't know, 45 degrees. And, um, when I get to the target, I bleat or when I'm close to the target, I'll bleat to simulate that type of, um, you know, instance of trying to make a deer stop, even though I know you're you're smirking because I've never fucking done it. Uh, I will. Uh, but doing that bleat and just going through, visualizing that, uh, you know, that type of scenario is 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 great practice. Yeah, and uh, you know, closing closing the non dominant eye. You know, some people shoot with both eyes open. Some people yeah, just so this is where it's like I think don't you shoot with both eyes open. Uh, or do you squint? No, or do you I close? don't. I squint. Okay, so, so there's three methods. To close. There's three methods. There's complete close, squint, or both eyes open. And if you're like me, my dominant eye is not that dominant. If I have any of my left eye open, and I'm right-handed, if I have any of my left eye open, my shot is just way off every time. You can always count on it. So now I have to have... Having known that, I now make sure my eyes completely closed when I'm looking down the sights. I mean, it depends. Like in low light situations, like early in the morning or like late in the the evening, right before legal time, it's like I almost have to keep both eyes open to make sure I'm like I have a visualization on the target. Like is the pin in the right location? Like I have to make sure. Yeah, so you can do that and then close an eye. You know what I mean? Because there's like it's not like I pull up. It's like one of the, like one of those pictures of like someone who's never shot a gun. They bring up the gun and they're like, oh, like <laughs> eyeballing it, you know. But it's like you got like, both eyes up. You bring it up, like you know, you're trained, and then you can close it. You know, there's there's different methods to like doing it. So don't now, don't take it to the extreme. <laughs> I will say this: like when I'm practicing my shooting, I will like keep both eyes open and try it, and I shoot so much better. But when I'm in the moment, when I'm in the woods, I'm like. Oh yeah, I always close one eye. I'm like, oh yeah, and it's <laughs> I just my body just takes over. Like it just goes through those those muscle memories. Yeah. So, so one thing um, that you mentioned ahead. was you know bleeding. So, yep. well, just give a little back and forth, I guess. Here, I've past two years, every deer I've shot was bleeded at. So, what's the farthest deer that you've shot that you've bleeded at? Twenty eight yards. Nice. So, because that was one of our, well, that was one of our discussions. Is do you bleed at a deer that's thirty-five yards away? Like, I, yeah, if that's my opportunity, yeah. Why not? I usually, I usually just, I don't know. Like, if it, if they're literally, wait. if it's your only opportunity, I'm not gonna just like, oh, oh no, hell yeah, oh yeah, for sure. No, 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 no. But like, with me, I just. I literally just wait for the deer to like choose like where it wants to die. Basically, I'm like, okay, like where do you want to be? You there? All right, here it comes. Like coming at you. I like, see. I, I'm, I'm dominating the situation. I'm saying, 
you're about to die. <laughs> hey, you. Yeah. You're going in my freezer. <laughs> oh, great sound. But uh, to extend on to the procedures, targeting, I re- this is what I do. And I've, I've told some of my friends about this. And it's something that I like doing just because it makes you a more um, accurate and more precise type of uh, bow hunter. So I always stretch out my shots uh, before, you know, moving on to a, a further distance. So shoot at 10 yards. You know, pick uh, on my target. I have multiple dots, okay? You have to... You have to bullseye each dot, all right? Then what I do is I go, okay, now I go to 20 yards. You have to bullseye every shot. Once you do that, you can go to 30 or maybe 25. It depends. But uh, I like doing that because it only makes you that much better. And if, say, at 25 yards, I miss one of those um, I miss one of those bullseyes, bull, bull, bullseye, there we go, um, I go back to the previous uh, distance, which is closer, but it makes me like, okay, you have to do that in order to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a gate um, to move on to those higher distances. You know, I, I could shoot 40 yards. Yeah, cool. Like, I can hit the target. But, I mean, let's be real. My longest shot right now in my expanded zone is 15 yards. There's no way in hell I'm shooting 40. Like, what? Really? Why Why do I need a... So, um, you know, that, just going through those motions and doing that type of procedure is going to make you a better um a better archer so one of the things you were also doing was weren't you uh shooting without your rangefinder? yeah yep yep uh it's something that you should definitely practice because if you're walking to your tree stand um you know maybe early afternoon or you're coming out of the woods in a late morning and you see a deer and split second decision you know you got to take that shot if it's available and do you have time to range it? Who knows? Um, you know, just walking across your yard and have a buddy with you and just keep walking. And then your buddy says, stop, boom, take a shot. See what, it, you know, just testing each other is uh, is kind of a cool little um, competition between the two of you. So, um, but I like doing that just because it, it, the depth, depth perception, you're better at it than I am. You can range things. I'll say this. You can range things better than I can because I'm always like, like, how far do you think that is? I'm like, 30? And you're like, dude, that's like 45 yards. I'm like, no. And then I was being like, concerned. Oh, yeah. Like, I was like, 45? <laughs> that's like on the low end because I was originally like 50. Like 50. <laughs> oh, range it? Sure as shit. 43 yards. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. Another uh, thing that I do a lot and this will lead into the next thing is um, I shoot from s- sitting positions a lot because my and my um, mm. hybrid, you know, I'm going to be sitting kind of like leaning back a lot. So I practice those shots, not just standing broadside or not broadside, but perpendicular to the target, you know, and yep. just throwing shots. You know, you got to like get these weird angles where you're like twisting your torso left and right, trying to really simulate the what you're actually doing. But like, and if you, it, if you can, like yeah. you're saying, shoot from your, like, whatever you're going to be shooting from, tree stand or what, uh, saddle, whatever. Excuse me. You want to make sure that you're practicing those shots from those elevated positions. Yeah. And do those awkward stances in those uh, tree stands. Mm-hmm. So last year I shot a deer that I was I was actually crouching in a tree stand. And it's like, you know... Did I practice that? I'll be honest with you. I didn't last year. But but after taking that shot, I was like, well, shit, that's something I got to practice. You know, it just makes you a a better uh, a better marksman. And before we uh, change subjects entirely, one thing I'll add is I always, you know, people, you know, have checklists for their like anchors, shooting points. You know, it's always a good idea to have one. You know, mm. just have like a procedure that you go through when you're practicing. But you know, once the moment comes, you're hoping that you took enough free throws and practice your free throws so you can hit that, you know, go, go ahead free throw and not think about it. Because the worst thing you can do is think about it when you're holding down, you know, you're holding your bow back and your prized possession is just 30 yards away. You don't want to be thinking, oh, okay, anchor, I. 
pen float float breathe squeeze <laughs> like you just want to be able to do it without thinking so See, make a checklist the bigger, and then practice it the biggest thing we didn't mention this but breathing breathing is essential like that's one of my biggest things is when i'm actually shooting at deer i always say okay take a deep breath and slowly release like and on the release obviously sh- you know let the arrow go but um that's one of my things is like, okay, take a deep breath and it just kind of like collect yourself. And then, yeah. So I have a talk funny, about ch- I have a really funny thing that you probably don't know. Oh God. <laughs> so do you know, you know what a swing thought is? Oh, what a swing thought. So when you're golfing and you're standing over the ball and right <laughs> before you swing, you think of something, it's like a phrase. Yeah. It's like, like whatever, like. Four, like not, <laughs> not four, more so like, like, let it fly or, like, just like, control your follow through something like that. Like some sort of like thing you say to yourself. So when you're doing the action, that's all you're really thinking about. It's like, hold your follow through. So then when you smack it, you hold your follow through. It's like one of those like techniques that people do. Yeah, but for me, any when it comes to anything, turkeys, deer, not fish, obviously, I get to the point where I'm aiming. <laughs> Every time, I kid you not, every fucking time. And I'm like, and I'm calm, I'm like, good, everything's good. Like, this is the opportunity. I say, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> every time. So I, I don't have a sw- I do not have a swing thought. I'm just like. Every time. I'm like, bug-eyed, just staring at it like, oh my God, there it is. Like, I gotta shoot it. Like, I just. I'm so focused. I got the I got the tunnel vision. See, I'm always like, like this is the best it's gonna be. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good swing thought, I suppose. <laughs> I, but in golf, I mean, in my backswing, I'm thinking jackass, you know, from Happy Gilmore. Yeah, but yeah. oh god, let's get into some new shit. Let's get into <laughs> some good stuff. Mm. Um, you and I, we've been. Uh, We've been getting into the woods together. So, firstly, um, you know, Expanded Archery opened up in Maine two weeks yes ago. Yes, it did. Or uh, a week and a day. The 11th or 10th? So, yeah. It was the 11th. Yeah, the it? 11th. So, a week and yep. two days. Yeah. Um, but uh, before that, even, we were scouting some new property. Mm-hmm. Um, a new expanded property that uh, you had really discovered not found well that knew of i should say and uh something that uh you wanted me to you know kind of branch out and find a new horizon and yeah i mean you're <laughs> the one biggest difference between you and i is i've hunted so many different properties in two years versus you have your staples mean mm. potatoes i like to have yeah. a little variety in my meals <laughs> Uh, I'm getting the variety. I'm 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 sampling. Um, You're and, sampling uh, at like freaking Walmart when they're like, yeah, you want a free sample? <laughs> it's like, sure, I'll take, I'll what take I it. Get okay. <laughs> sample, eat sample. <laughs> but uh, no, I uh, this new property. It's it's essentially a mountain, is it not? Uh, yeah, it literally is pretty much a I small mean, mountain and a a big ass hill. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so we scouted that property. We spent was it two or three days scouting it? Three. Yeah, three different times. We you know we kind of did our own method where you know I went on you know satellite imagery online, looked at it. We got our permissions. We knew all the rules. We knew where we want to investigate. Then we went in there to those points of interest. Found out what's what's happening, got our intel, and made our decisions based off that. Now we'll say this: we found other tree stands while we were out there, um, and we marked those locations of those tree stands so we know where other hunters are. And we wanted to really avoid that type of pressure, but we wanted to use that pressure to our our uh, advantage. So, I mean, you and I, what the first opening day, we were hiking in. Was it a mile and a half? Yep. Or a mile and a quarter? Uh, mile and a half. <laughs> Round up, please. <laughs> Hiking. Hiking. 
Uh, but what's great about the saddle is that allows us to do that. So, you know, we are going to places that hunters probably haven't even been to uh, because they can't carry their equipment all the way in there versus we're very efficient, we're very um, lightweight, we can hike all the way in and, you know, yeah, we break a sweat like a little bit, but um, if we just take our time and mosey, mosey on down the hill there, we're, uh, we're tucked away. And uh, there is a lost sign down there. We, uh, we saw a lost sign, we set up some uh, spots and we have options. We have options. Yeah, we have a lot of <laughs> options. I mean, we both had like our trees that we could sit in, and yeah. we both that morning went to those trees. Um, we used. I would say, th- I would say this though, and this is something that I've been thinking about for the past like two weeks. When we set up, I think three of those spots, we looked at the trees and we were like, "Hey, we don't even have to clear limbs. Like this one, let's just mark this tree. We're good. Okay, this is a tree we could sit." And we didn't even climb it. And I would say this uh, for a little piece of advice. Even if it looks good, you should still climb it because you don't know what it's like up there. Okay, so I'll... I So <laughs> that morning of when we went out there, so <laughs> we have the saddle and we use the Hawk Helium three-step um, ladders, whatever you want to call them. Correct. So with this, this spot, this tree was like on a, a ridge... What's a knob basically, and I was looking into like this little like ravine kind of. <laughs> so I get to. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I get there and I I don't have to climb too high because it's already like elevated enough, and I carry three sets of sticks. Put the first two on, and it's dark as shit. I'm like trying not to sweat, and I get to like a level, and then beetles were just on my hands. I'm like, this isn't good. Like, oh no. That tree was dying like a third of the way up, and you couldn't see right. it from the bottom level because like the bark was still there perfectly, but you could just like peel it off. And I was like, right. I'm not gonna climb any higher. Sat up right there. It was kind of a very mm, barely a a hunt. <laughs> I was just like, a little bit annoyed, you know. I was like, all right, I'm out here. Get, practicing climbing being quiet and learning how to sit again pretty much right i mean we pretty much knew what at like 7 30 on opening day we're like yeah like it ain't gonna happen and you also didn't like your spot right yeah i didn't care for it just because sim like i was on a ridge and if to your left it's like eight feet off the ground and then to your right, you're about 30 feet off the ground. It's like <laughs> quite literally, shit. Though. quite literally. Oh, literally. And the way you, the way that we cut it that day um, in preseason was, you know, if I went any higher, those branches would actually be blocking my shoot lanes. So I couldn't go any higher than what I was, and I was 10 feet at max on that tree. But uh, yeah, it was opening day. Was I mean, it, it was good to get out. As always, it's always good to get out in the woods. Yep. Uh, but with the elevation, that wind is swirling and it's kind of unpredictable, which is, I mean, that's a struggle. Um, I even learned that tonight a little bit. Um, the wind's blowing one way, you know, based on like your weather app and you get down in there and you're like, well, shit, it's not blowing that way. So, um, and obviously with early season, it's hot. The effing mosquitoes are uh. terrible. That's my um, least favorite thing about fall hunting is the mosquitoes. Turkey hunting is different because I can we're in our portable blinds, so I can put a bug net on. But when I'm yeah. when I'm deer hunting, I can't use a bug net at all. It's just not possible. Ugh. And then uh, our afternoon sit, I sat in a tree that I, well, I climbed a tree, got up there, and I went, "There's no friggin' way this is gonna happen." It had a lean to it. Um, it was a very smooth, wet tree, so, like, there was a lot of sliding going around, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Literally climbed down, just, you know, went up to a tree, and I was like, that one looks good. Climbed that one. It was it was a decent tree, but um, not much action down in there, and that might be due to the fact of maybe those deer aren't being pressured as much as we thought. So, yeah, so two things to note. When on that afternoon hunt, when we were walking out, you know, mm. we saw deer. And this is like half hour after 
legal time because we're way in there oh. hiking out. So we have our right. flashlights on, and then we hear like scurrying closer to the parking lot. And we look over, and there's what two or three deer. Literally right before we saw them, I went, "Dude, I smell a deer." I was like, "They are here," and heard one to our left. But yeah, as we were walking towards the parking lot, you were the one that actually saw them. Um, you took your headlamp and like swiveled your head. You're like, oh my gosh. And they were right there, right next to us. Yep. Um, like 50 yards from our cars. And we just walked a mile and a half into the woods. Yep. But, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the thing about new property. You don't know their, uh, their movements because we didn't put out game cameras. Yeah. So one of the things that I like to highlight before we get into the next like segment was. We, you know, we scouted as much as we could have possibly. Obviously, you can always scout more, but meaning the time we were given and the research we've done, we did, like, enough. Yeah. But we didn't put a camera out, so that fresh sign could come at 3 a.m., and we have no idea. So we were on right. hot sign areas without really knowing exactly what's happening. So we didn't end up putting a camera out there because we're like, ah, why? Why would we? But if you have well, that for question, multiple reasons. But for but I mean, before you cut me off, <laughs> when in doubt, <laughs> just always throw a camera out there to see what's happening if you have one. Preface with that. Uh, I would say this though, based on the history of this particular region that we are expanded hunting, it is a different property. But in our previous property, a lot of our equipment got stolen. Okay, but that's like excluding that. Excluding that, like, in, yeah. in the broader terms of this world, if, if I were to, like, nitty-gritty it, yeah, obviously that was my first thought, too. Yeah. But excluding, like, the downfalls to it, like, if you're questioning between putting a camera out and not putting a camera out, lean towards Put it putting out. it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then say, okay, can, like, am I allowed to, first of all? Right. Is right. it going to get stolen? What do I need to cable it? Do I even have a camera? Does this camera is this allocated to a different property? And we both had cameras. I had a shit camera. I should have just put out there. So I got a shit camera. I'm going to put out there. <laughs> but then again, I'm thinking to myself. I only got another yeah too late week now. and a half. Too late now. So, but that's kind of the 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 fun part about it though is like it re- it made us rely on our like skills. You know, it made us like analyze every like deer run or like the trail the topography and sitting and we as we sit in the woods are the cameras that's kind of the cool part about that is you know you're just kind of you're observing but also collecting data as you're sitting there mm-hmm. so that's kind of the cool part and you've been lucky enough to go out much more than i have because you know i have to go back to the homestead so what have you I, been I, dealing with? <laughs> I uh, I texted you today, and um, I thought it was a great little uh, segment. It's it's I am into the expanded grind. Like I am grinding, I am hunting, I am putting in the freaking hours. But what I've discovered is the spot that I have is more of an afternoon spot than it is a morning spot. Um, so. That's what I've noticed. I've seen a lot more activity in the afternoons. Um, And, uh, I mean, uh, so I actually went against the grain. I did something completely different. I went out there, um, and I chose a different location. I scouted as I was walking out type of thing, just collecting some information. Um, So I've been adjusting a lot of my, my... my locations and whatnot. Um, but uh, I had one encounter, and this is definitely a new segment that we introduced, what, <laughs> four weeks ago? Yes. Yep. Have we actually introduced this I don't know all? if we've thought about it. We made it up four weeks ago. We, I don't think we've done anything with it. Okay. So this segment's called, Oh Shit, What Now? Yep. So <laughs> when shit hits the fan and you're in the woods and you go, Shit, what do I do? So let me give you a little uh, information on what my <laughs> oh shit moment was. And it's not a long story. It's actually very brief, but it's a great one. Go in the afternoon, sit down. It's hot. I'm sweating. I actually cut a shit ton of trees that day um, to clear up some shooting lanes. And uh, was that the day I got stung by bees? Yes. 
Okay. Yeah, I stepped on a bee's nest. That was another oh shit moment. What do <laughs> oh, I do shit, now? But there's no what now. This <laughs> is <just> run. <laughs> Literally looked down at my feet, and there's like hundreds of yellow jackets around my feet. I got stung. I got bit up pretty good, uh, but ran through the woods like just like flailing arms. Um, all my gear was at the at the tree still. So, anyways, that's like five yards from the tree I climb. So there's that. Uh, climb the tree, sit down. And I'm like. My hand, my hands hurt because I was stung so much. Um, I was like, "All right, just here we go," and uh, sat, waited. It was decent sit. Also, wasn't and, it sweaty uh, hot? Oh yeah, dude, I was <laughs> I was dripping like my entire shirt. I was cold by the end of the like the sit because the wind was hitting me, and I was like actually pretty cold. Mm. Um, so legal time comes around. I'm like, "All right, time to pack up," you know breaking down everything, taking all my stuff out. And uh, I was taking down my sticks and my climbing sticks. And I had the top stick I took off and I I was low enough where I could actually like just drop it down to the ground. And I get to the second ladder and I'm standing on the, the top first rung of the, the first ladder. And I loosen the strap on the second ladder and I hear like behind me. And I'm like, no effing way. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I couldn't tighten the strap. So I literally just bear hugged the tree and the ladder. And I'm like, please don't make a metal sound. Please don't make a metal sound. That deer, out of my peripheral vision, comes right into my shooting lane, which is 10 yards away. It turns left, comes right towards me, five yards behind me. And I can hear it go, <laughs> sniffing me, like sniffing my ass. And I'm just standing here like, hugging this tree like, Please don't like, you know, bombard me or kick me or do anything. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And uh, it was pretty cool. I don't think I've ever been so close to a deer and not kill it. But <laughs> my bow's on the ground. Like, it, I, I had already dropped down my bow. You know, the arrows, I mean, it's past legal time. There's no, no there's nothing I could have done. But uh, that's the one thing I hate doing. It's like my worst fear is to bump deer on my way out, let alone let the deer figure out exactly which tree you're in because it's a pretty tight location. And so that deer, like, sniffed me, and I'm just saying, like, please don't, like, snort because it's going to scare the shit out of me. And uh, it kind of, like, it gallops away maybe, like, 15 yards and then slowly starts walking away. I'm like, oh, thank the Lord. Like, I can get out of this (laughs) tree now because, like, my arms were getting tired. I was bear-hugging that whole time. And, uh, yeah, I had my linesman. Ah, no, I didn't have my linesman rope on. So I was just bear hugging the tree. Finally, that deer walks off, and I jump down, and uh, first crunch of the leaves, there's three more deer right there at 20 yards looking at me, and they just flag and snort and just take off. And I'm like, God damn it. I was like, ugh. (laughs) It's awful. But what do you do in that moment? I mean, there's nothing you can do but just wait it out. Wait it out, right. I can add a story to that pretty quickly. We were hunting together at a, a local property near home a couple of years ago. And so I was at the bottom of this pretty big ridge, and you're at the top of the ridge yep. and whatnot. And I always text you at like 30 minutes, 45, 30 minutes before legal time. I always text you like deer colon 30. It's like it's a deer 30. Yep. So that's when phones away, like no texting, like I'll see you at the car type deal. Yep. <laughs> and... I remember I'm sitting at this spot the right at legal time. I hear like coming down the hill and then they like hang up at like 60 yards in the wood line and I'm in an opening. So it's kind of like a sort of like a clear cut ish. And at the 30 yard mark is where the wood starts again. Mm. And 10, like 10 minutes of that, just like hear them walking around, whatever, like just, doing their own thing they they weren't acting spooked at all they were just kind of meandering and then 10 minutes after legal time you know like i, p- I put my bow down and i'm just sitting there or standing there actually because <laughs> i was like ready for them to come out and they never came out put my bow down and then they walk out and stand at the base of my tree for what is felt like an eternity <laughs> literally at the base of your tree like sniffing oh, the tree d- straight up sniffing in. my toe rope because this is when I had a different self climber and I just kept my toe rope on the back end of it. They're just and I'm around. texting you. I'm like, dude, 
I was like, where are you? Are you okay? Are you alive? And like, I don't happened? have my phone. Like, I don't have vibrate on. <laughs> I always have it on silent, no vibrate. So, like, I have no idea. He, I'm like, he's probably thinking I'm dead up here. And then, luckily, you came over the hill with your light. So, it's, that spooked them from, like, a distance. So, then they were able to leave and I could get down. So Well, I got, like, halfway down the ridge and you're like, you finally text me. Because I was like, are you okay? Like, I thought I was going to find you on the ground, like, you know, paralyzed or something. And, like, I get to, like, the top of the hill. I'm about to come down. You just text me. You're like, stop. Don't fucking move. I'm like, what? You're like, don't. There's deer right here. I was like, okay. <laughs> but uh, those deer eventually, like, saw me, which took the attention off of you. And I spooked them. You didn't, which was perfect. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. It was perfect. perfect. So, patience. That's all we can say. <laughs> yeah. You just gotta, you gotta wait it out. There's nothing you can do. Like, it's dark. Yeah, you got a flashlight. Just wait it out. Just wait it out. So another new segment, jumping right into it. We're going to give yes. you our, you know, every time we post, we're going to give our kind of our bi-weekly, weekly reports on what we're seeing from the saddle. So for this first edition of From the Saddle, what do you got for me? Because I don't have anything. <laughs> from... Oh, shit. Yeah, I really? know. I haven't Put been. I, I can go off my cameras, and I'll, I'll start there. You know, deer aren't in velvet anymore. Nope. Um, I still see a couple of them bachelor grouped, you know. I haven't seen a big boy in a while, but I have a lot of deers hitting my mock scrapes that I fill with my own pee. More on that later. <laughs> yeah, my mock scrapes have, like, almost plateaued, but then again, like, I've been using a, a synthetic urine. I wasn't using my own urine for that, so that was interesting. But the more recent, uh, I haven't checked my cameras in a while, but uh, more recently I, I, did, um, I did piss in my scrapes, so it'll be interesting to see if they, if they hit those again with my urine in it versus synthetic urine, which that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I, my, my cameras have been very streaky where it's like one mm. property it's just blowing up i'm like holy shit and the other one then like simmers and then this one blows up now one simmers but the one thing that's been consistent is the one i have a mock scrape on and that has been as green as grass can get <laughs> like just yeah. producing photos which is awesome all times of the day but what one thing that you've been noticing and we noticed on our hunt from the actual saddle is a lot of deer movement at night. Uh, a fuck ton. Like, <laughs> I would say about 90 to 95% of the deer movement is at night. And almost, given this property, obviously different property to property, morning hunts yep. are almost worthless at this spot. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> I was actually... Th well, it's funny because it, it's ironic that you say that because I'm trying to think about this Saturday, this, this coming Saturday. I'm like... uh are we going to do a morning or are we going to do an afternoon? It's like, why the fuck wouldn't we do an afternoon sit? We know the morning's like shit. Like, <laughs> they don't, it's, like you said, I think they're going through, they're coming through that property at like 4 a.m. or like 3 a.m. I think they're just coming through way too early. You know, not even into legal light. It's just, mm -hmm. it's out of our control. Mm -hmm. um, you might catch a straggler here and there. Great. But I think you're really not going to see much action until, like, regular hunting season starts and when the rut comes around. Yeah, I, I think when I those two things that. come around, this property would be not lights out, but I think you would see a high increase in um, activity. Maybe I'll hunt there in October. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it or pee your pants. Um, but, uh, no, I think uh, when that time comes around, we just we won't be in there. It's just it's not even going to matter. Yeah. Yep. So... But uh, I will say this from the saddle, because I've been observing it today, and I don't know if you got my snap, but literally, Squirrel Team 6 could have a goddamn field day <laughs> yep. out there right now yep. between the grays and the red squirrels. Holy shit. It is insane how many squirrels are out there. Yeah. Like, we're talking gray squirrels the size of cats. And, like, the red squirrels are literally the size of, like regular gray squirrels it's just insane and all of you saw my video today literally had a red squirrel 
up in the hemlock tree above me, going through like uh, you know the pine cones and whatnot. Literally fell out of the goddamn tree, and I f- I heard woof past my head, and the squirrel fell out and went right past my head. I was like, "What the hell is that?" And I looked down on the ground. It's a red squirrel hitting the ground and running off. And I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> That's hilarious. I have not had that happen before, though. <laughs> oh my god! I laughed. I ha- I laughed out loud. I was just like, "That's hilarious." He was fine. He got up. He ran off. <laughs> But uh, a considerable amount of squirrels. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, I've been seeing Insane. them all over the road, too. It's just like they're darting back and forth. It's like, holy crap, it's that time of year. Dude, remember like three years ago, three or four years ago, when the gray squirrels kept getting hit by cars? Mm, remember there was yes. like a huge, yes. there was like this huge like amount of squirrels being hit by cars in the state of Maine. It was like every, like every hundred Massacres. yards. It was, oh, it's just, it was awful. But, uh, it reminds me of that. Maybe we're maybe we're due for that. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we're due. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but uh, camera poll of the week. Yeah. What do we got? So what's out there? Um, for me, like I said, not much big buck activity. I've gotten my first shooter buck weeks ago now, so it's not that fresh. <laughs> it was Did fresh. We mention that on the pod. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think we have, but. I'll put it out there. Uh, yes, we did. We did? Yeah, okay. we did. Yeah, pretty sure we did. So that that happened a while back. Haven't really gotten another one. I've gotten, like, little bucks. A lot of movement. Basket racks. Pretty much. And basket racks and quotations, you know, like little five-pointers, you know, kind of deal. So basically the it's basically the deer that you expected to see. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like higher density, like getting quite a few photos and... Not a lot of yep. big deer movement, but again, I'm not I'm not worried about it, you know. It'll work itself yeah. out. But another thing, the toss up between you and I would be mm. our um methods to our mock scrapes that I alluded to earlier. So, you know, watching YouTube rabbit holes shit, when I mean, you get into like do deer actually care about human urine? And everyone's like, everyone says, like, oh, you pee in a bottle, whatever. Pee in a bottle, pee in a bottle, pee in a bottle. Always control your pee pee before you go out. Hold your pee to your home. And then I was reading this one thing. It's like, this person did a study with a mock scrape and put, like, a, like rubber, a tire rubber smell, human urine and buck urine. And human urine and buck urine was about the same amount of, like, uh, visitations from a buck. I think we went over this in a previous pod. So I put it to the yeah. test. So my coldest, ice-cold camera, shitty pictures. It was on a real scrape. Freshened up that scrape with my own piss, and it's been the best camera out of all of them, which is pretty exciting. How many pictures are you averaging every poll? So let's say an average, average camera. So this camera was averaging like 15 photos, instances of deer. Let me say that. Yeah, that's shitty. <laughs> 15, <laughs> like bad. And by the ones average like 60, 65. Yeah, Maybe pretty, a yeah, good okay. poll is like 80 to 100. This yeah. one's been a consistent like triple digits, 125, 145. Most recently, 160. And it's just every time I go in there, change the SD card and I take a leak and then I leave. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, I would say this in defense, like playing devil's advocate. The, the pee bottle in the tree stand the pee ball in the tree stand is essential because, I mean, if you're pissing down onto the leaves, like, it's making that noise, you know? Mm, yeah. But, like, the scent itself, like, I could give two shits about But I'm not going to piss directly on the tree and then be, like, climbing down this tree that's covered in my piss. Like, but, um, you know, that's... If now, like, when I get down out of the tree and dump that piss out on the ground, like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I'd do that. Yeah, for sure. Not even think about it nowadays. No. I mean, I remember no. my stepdad always told me, like, go pee before we go out and hold it till we get back in. And it's like, oh. fuck, I should have just been. Dude, I, I've had some pain. <laughs> I've had some painful sits sitting there going, I have to piss so goddamn bad. Yep. <laughs> Morning coffee. But uh, I know Pep's probably thinking, Jesus, you're talking about shitting in the woods. Now you're talking about pissing in the woods. I can hear him now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, I do want to say this. The camera poll of the week for me, uh, Hellboy is growing 
into something that is magical. That deer is... Oh, so that's he is, on today is September 20th. I posted yep. the second photo. I think it's him. So you have Bjorn, right? Yep. And then um, Hellboy is the second one. So yeah, September 20th, I posted that, which is today when we're recording. This probably won't come out today, obviously, but check that right. out. Oh, you did post it. Shit, there it is. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, he's a second picture, and... I mean, if you zoom in on his head a little bit, you'll you'll understand. But what's really cool about these two pictures that you posted, um, you know, they are essentially in the same time frame. It's from the same pole. If you look at Bjorn's antlers, I mean, he's got, he's pretty much developed to where he where he's gonna be. But then if you look at Hellboy, he's still got those like, the round tops on top of his antlers. He's he's nowhere near the same. Um, time frame as Bjorn as far as antler growth. I feel like Hellboy is just mm. like a, a late bloomer, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, putting on a lot of mass as a whole. He's, Yeah, dude, he is... God damn. His body is bigger than Bjorn. I I mean, he's just a freaking... Look at his muscle definition. Like, he's freaking jacked. He's like that guy that walks in the weight room like, yeah, I'm here to wait. I'm here to lift. Like, it's just uh, insane. I won't say the name, but it reminds me of that guy I used to lift with. I never even met, but you would describe him to me. Uh, I've lifted. Uh, Starts with a B, maybe. Barry? Yeah. <laughs> Barry is a tank. Good Lord. Guy could throw weight. Good Lord. Um, but yeah, I. 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 I mm. And they're still traveling together, too, which I. That was another thing I observed. How Bjorn and Hellboy. The uh, sep- early September. Okay, so week first or two week of September. Yeah. yeah, so they're still traveling together, um, but uh, either one of them could go in October. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Knock on wood. But yeah, it's uh, it's kind of cool to see him grow into something that uh, I didn't think he would actually be. So yeah, I was he's surprised. Mo- he's too. making his way up the list. He's making his way up the list. Oh so. yeah. One thing I'll say before, you know, we wrap this up, I would start to limit your time in the woods. I know we probably said it before, but do it more and more and more. I'm checking bi-weekly now. My recent poll was today, actually. So, Really? You did a poll today? Yeah. It's my only day I can. I got a very busy week after today, so had to. Are you done then until, are you going to check it one more time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My opening nice. day again is later. You know, October, I have o- right? October fourth. Not October, October fourth. <laughs> Four whole days there. Wow. And then October eighteenth. Wow. October eighteenth. So check like are you gonna check uh October third? Uh the Sunday before opening? Well, I was hoping to go back home that weekend. Uh, <laughs> I do what you gotta do. But you're probably gonna pull it one more time before opening day, right? Yeah, it'd probably be like so again, two different zones. October fourth, east of four ninety five, or October fourth. I don't know if I said yep. first. Um, east of four ninety five. I'll check that like the Thursday before. So I'll give it four yep. days, probably. But nice. heck, I might not even fucking do that. <laughs> oh, dude! Forgot to mention, dough permits. They are out. Oh yeah. They are posted, and good God, oh. Freaking mighty! Did they hand out freaking dough permits like it was a goddamn parade on the Fourth of July, throwing buckets of candy? Holy shit! Some people, one family dude, got nine dough permits. Fucking nine dough permits. That's a lot. Like I, uh, I'm like, uh, they're like, no, we're not gonna shoot that many deer. I'm like, okay, thank you. Like, but still, like, nine dough permits in a household. Versus there's some son... I talked to one son of a bitch. Poor bastard. <laughs> he didn't even get one. He didn't even get... Spread the wealth. Spread the wealth. <laughs> he didn't even get one. I'm like, you poor son of a bitch. I feel like... I got a bone. They should, like, almost... If they, they're they giving out so many, they should, like... Okay, you applied for a zone that didn't have, like, a lot. So here's an option to choose from. Here's three zones. Like, pick your choosing. Like, uh insane so yeah some people got three 
uh, I got I did get a bonus this year. So my strategy that I did with uh, focusing more in the the higher concentrated areas, so down down southern Maine, I did get that bonus uh, permit for down southern Maine, uh, which is really cool. Um, and I did get a doe permit up in my area, so um, I I do have options, which is nice. Um, but obviously, we all know that's that's half the battle. Um, and Streeter, that's a shout out to you. Just because you have the doe permit doesn't mean it's already filled. Doesn't mean the work. fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> the hard work has to go into it. You still have to do those sits. And uh, yeah, so if you've been listening to like the previous episodes, you should be all set. <laughs> yes, agreed. Um, agreed. For mass, they haven't released them yet, so we got to wait till the end of the month here. However should be coming soon so hmm. still waiting nice but nice i get two buck tags to start so oh you do yeah two buck tags like off the cuff right there and then you get the extra doe permit well, okay so that's interesting because maine is like the opposite yeah way. because you have we have a higher deer de- density so how you control the deer density one way is to control the male population I guess, but, you know, if you take out more does, they have a lot of doe permits, though, so there's going to be a lot of does taken. Well, there might be a lot of does taken in the state of Maine this year, too. Maybe it's the good I old mean, days. I mean, if, <laughs> if you're, like, if you're a, um, oh, can you imagine being a meat processor right now? Seeing all those doe permits, I'd be, like, I'd be hiring and, like, subcontracting, like, people out. I'd be, like, listen, you <laughs> know be busy. for... <laughs> Oh, dude. Oh, I just can't imagine. There's going to be lines, like, backed up at your meat processor, guaranteed. Unless you do I it had yourself. Some, last year Unless was you do the same yourself. issue for me. You know, so that's going to be that's gonna be an interesting... Uh, I didn't even think of that till now. Oh, <laughs> dude, I sprayed dopey tonight, <laughs> and I, like, misfired, and it hit my hand. I've washed my hands probably five times, and I can still friggin' smell it. It's awful. You know, it's, like, it's that time of year, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that time of year. So, you know, you can't itch your eyes. Oh, <laughs> It's God. like, oh, no. it's awful. Please it stinks. Don't. Please don't. <laughs> uh, on tomorrow's hunt, we'll probably be recording most likely after the main opener, and that yep. is... Damn near close to the mass opener. Yep. You know, it's a couple of days. Depending on how things shake up, we should be talking about that next time. So, yes, we only did put out potentially one this month, but there's a lot more to come with the, you know, let's say the playoffs and the Super Bowl, pretty much. You know? Yeah, I mean, we're almost. We've, we've been doing a lot of shit. I mean, we haven't just been like, oh, we're not going to. I mean, you've been fishing. Yeah. I, been, I'm gonna save. I'm gonna that. save it. I'm gonna save yeah. it. Little teaser for you folks, though, because <laughs> this man has been fishing and fly tying like a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. So as always, folks, get in the woods. And get on the water. <laughs>